Today, Doc and I are having a look at some projected starting lineups. We're still very early, but uh, we'll go through our projected starting lineups for the Eastern Conference, uh, having a look at who is going to be fantasy relevant, who may start later in the season. Lots to discuss. Let's go balls deep. Welcome to the Balls Deep Fantasy Basketball Podcast, brought to you by Fantasy Basketball International. FBIBasketball.com is the website. At AdamKing91 is where you will find me on X or Twitter. Uh, at Doctora is where you will find my co-host. Uh, Steve, how are things? What's been going on since last week? Uh, not a lot. Had a wedding anniversary today. Played some Yahtzee, played some golf, watched some Braves. Braves are losing right now. Um, other than that, pretty uh, pretty chill. My daughter, her birthday was uh, on August 6th, and she got to go to Wrigley Field in Chicago to see the Cubs and Braves play. So that was a pretty cool experience for her. And you did not go, I'm assuming? I chose to skip that adventure. Yes. A lot of driving for a little bit of reward. Yes, yes. So we we chatted. I think it was off air about that, and uh, and <clears throat> actually chatted a little bit about something which I thought we'd just touch on very quickly before we jump into the the basketball stuff. Uh, I'm actually planning a trip to the states in uh, October, so <clears throat> we'll be landing. Uh, basically opening night, working our way around a few cities, watching some games. And Indiana is on our list of possibles, probables. We're, we're still deciding on a few places. but uh, and, and we spoke very briefly about uh, you You grew up in Indiana. You know a, a bit about that. And, and I don't know, let, let's take this opportunity for you to uh, speak up uh, on Indiana and promote it as a city to visit and, and convince me to go there. Um, what can I do in Indiana? Yeah, well, I haven't been there since it became cool. Um, when I left, <laughs> when I left, um, it was kind of, uh, they called it Naptown because Indianapolis. Uh, and it was such a sleepy town. There wasn't a lot going on, but Man, they got that Super Bowl in what two thousand eight, maybe two thousand four. They had a Super Bowl and they opened up downtown and they put in a bunch of stuff and and you can pretty much go and stay anywhere you wanted to downtown and be within walking distance of everything that you could want to do, including famous St. Elmo's Steakhouse. Um, with the shrimp cocktail that is world famous all the every time there's a big game in indy that's where all the broadcasters go and that's where all the that's where all the players go so um but no it, it's actually become a really cool small modern city i don't know what it looks like exactly today because i haven't been back there in five years and there's been a lot of stuff that's happened since then but uh 
from everything I can tell, it's it's still a pretty pretty cool place. I think if you guys go catch a Pacers game in Indy, you will have a good time. Yeah, look, it feels like a, a city that myself and, and the guy that I'm going with, um, neither of us are really into the big over-the-top cities with thousands, millions of people. We, we would prefer things to be a little bit more laid back. Um, Pacers are a fun team. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about them shortly, about their starting lineup and, and some other guys they've got. So we're looking forward to, to heading over there, and it, it is looking like we'll we'll go to Indiana and and potentially head up to watch, well, you guys say Notre Dame. We say Notre Dame over here. <laughs> but, uh, but a college uh, game, uh, we, we'd probably like to head up there as well and and maybe drive out to, I spoke with Alex Barutha uh, from Rotowire last week, I think, and uh, a few of the guys who work for Rotowire, I've, I've met them um, in Las Vegas a few years ago. So we're potentially going to drive from from Indiana out to Madison, and I think it's about five hours, uh, roughly. Am I, am I right there? Oh, that sounds about right. Maybe six. Um, yep. Alex Alex, and I work uh, pretty closely together these days. Like, I talk to him a lot. I'm doing player outlooks, just like you are for Rotowire. And uh, so I, I spent time talking to Alex. I did not – I was not aware he was in Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, Wisconsin's – Sort of like Indiana, it's sort of Midwest, a lot of cheese, a lot of cows, a lot of <laughs> um, but it's you know, Madison's a fun that's a good college town. And uh yeah, that that'll be that'll be quite a trip for a guy from Australia who has never been to the Midwest before. Yeah, look, it's uh yeah, it's I I, I I think the guy that I'm going with has driven over there before because, of course, it's all on the wrong side of the road for me. <laughs> so we're going to probably avoid Chicago because I think he said you can either go through Chicago or you can bypass it. I'm probably going to choose to bypass it simply for the fact I don't want to have to deal with big intersections and traffic lights. and. Well, and like the, the, I mean, the bottom line is Atlanta, Los Angeles, Chicago, Washington, D.C., Boston, like – those are the probably the five worst cities to try to drive in in the United States. And Chicago is a big one. And that's part of the reason I didn't go on that whole adventure with my daughter is I just didn't want to, you know, it's <laughs> 10 hours to get from where I am to Indianapolis. And it's another four to Chicago, another four home after the game. I just didn't feel like dealing with it. But uh, to your Notre Dame uh, trip, I can't speak to this. In 1988, when when the Irish were undefeated and won the national championship, my buddy and I drove from southern Indiana to Notre Dame for a football game. We saw them play Penn State at Notre Dame. And it was 1988, and I had two cassette tapes in my Ford Escort for that entire trip, which was a long – it was a long <laughs> – it was like five five hours there and five hours back. I had a REM green, which had just come out, and I had the Traveling Wilburys. Those Ooh. were the two albums that we listened to on repeat for that entire road trip. So I knew both of those albums by heart by the time we got home. They were yeah, those are two yeah. good albums to have uh, if you're you know if you're locked in a car for for two days. It could have been worse. Yeah, 
Yeah, it, it could have been worse, but uh, yeah, I guess you would you would have known all of the songs back to front by the time you <laughs> you got yes, home. we did. <laughs> All right, let is let's get into some fantasy stuff. Um, let me just get rid of that. We don't need that blocking stuff. So I've gone through and just sort of come up with my projected starters. These could change. There, there could be a bit of flexibility here. We're, as I said, we're still uh, we're still more than two months away from from the start of the season. So um, this is what I'm thinking. Uh, and then we've got some players that may or may not be relevant. Uh, so I've gone with the Hawks, uh, your Hawks. I've gone with Trey Young, Dejounte Murray, DeAndre Hunter, Sadiq Bain, Clint Capella as the starters. I, I would really love if they started Jalen Johnson over Sadiq Bay, but I don't think it's it's going to happen. Is, is this is this in line with what you think they'll do on opening night? Yeah, it is. Uh, I I think at some point this season, uh, Anika Okongwu is going to challenge Clint Capella for that starting job, and maybe a Capella injury will make it happen. Maybe just the way they're both playing will make it happen. Maybe at some point they'll play the two of them together a little bit, but at some point, uh, Akangwu has got to crack that lineup. Yeah, I think so. I think it'll be at least a timeshare. We saw that towards the end of last season. Both both are going to be draftable guys, top 100, I would say. Um, thoughts on Sadiq Bay this season? I mean, he... he He's decent. He was okay when he went to Atlanta last year, but um, I don't really see him as a guy we need to be targeting in, in fantasy. Would you agree with that? I mean, the thing about Sadiq Bay, he's only been in the league for four years, so or three years. Like He's at the age, 24, where he could actually break out and do something to shock us. Um, it hasn't happened yet. Um, he's not really a big steals guy. He's not a big blocks guy. He's decent with three pointers. His shooting, very suspect. I feel like he's a good rebounder for his size. Uh, but I'm with you. I feel like Jalen Johnson is going to push him quite a bit this year. Like, I'm not targeting Sadiq Bay uh, in standard leagues. No, I think if you, if you, Final round of your draft, uh, if you just need points and threes, then maybe you could just throw him in there because if he's going to play 30 minutes, he'll he'll get you sort of 15 points and a couple of threes. But as you said, he's he's not very efficient. Uh, okay, and on then, to Boston. Well, oh. like we got to talk about Trey Young real quick. Like half of Atlanta, I feel like, is, is ready to run him out of town. There's all this talk about him not getting along with his teammates. Um, he was a first round fantasy guy the last couple of years. Like, where are you targeting Trey Young? Does he does he bounce back after kind of a lackluster season last year? Can him and DeJounte exist together? Where where are you with the, the Trey DeJounte thing? Uh yeah, look, I'm just pulling up my rankings to see actually where I have him in my rankings. Um I have him at 20 in my rankings. Uh I've seen him – I feel like he's probably going to creep up as we get towards closer to draft season because of his assists upside. I think 
anyone that's averaging close to 10 assists is going to have a lot of value in fantasy. They always do. Um, he finished outside the top 50 last season in nine category leagues. But, I mean, again, you don't if you don't factor in turnovers there, um, he goes way up. But 26 points, 10 assists, a steal, um, two threes. Look, I think... I think I'm okay with taking him in the second round. Um, and then I'd probably look to get DeJounte Murray in the third round if possible, uh, which I think lines up with sort of where he finished last season. Uh, and my rankings, where do I have him? I have him at, f- I actually have him at 40. So I have him a little bit lower in my rankings. But what about you? Are you, is Trey Young a first round guy for you or, or someone that can fall a little bit? No, he used to be. I used. I mean, if if Dejounte wasn't there, if the if the vibe around Atlanta was still more positive than it is right now about Trey, uh, I think he could. I mean, Trey's one of those guys. You know that roundtable thing we wrote um, the other day. Easily, I don't know if anybody wrote about Trey Young or not, but they could have because he was a fifth rounder last year, and Dejounte was a third rounder. Trey underperformed a little bit, but the core numbers are still there. Like you said, the 20, 20 something points and the 10 assists and the, the three pointers, it's all still there. Um, but can he, can he build on that to get higher than, you know, fourth round value? I don't know if he can. I'm, I'm probably laying off a of Trey this year. I, I think for he, uh, the, the main, Thing I think we need to look at with Trey is, is efficiency because he was 51 last season with the numbers that I mentioned. The year before, 28 points, 10 assists, a steal, three threes, 46% from the field. Last season, he was 43%. So if he can simply get that efficiency back up to 45, 46%, that means his three-pointers probably go up, his points go up a little bit, and he could quite easily jump inside the top. 25 top 20 without uh without too much trouble uh, i think he'll to... i think he'll be taken between 25 and 30 in most leagues yeah i haven't got the adp data but that feels about right at the moment uh on to boston Derek white uh jalen brown jason tatum i think they're set i think we know those three will start uh they've come out and said white will start the question Porzingis is going to start the question is who starts alongside him. I've got Horford as the starter with Rob Williams coming off the bench. Um, it could be the other way around. It could be Williams starting. Uh, any thoughts from you on do you, do you think they go Horford or they go um, Robert Williams? I think they're going to start off with Horford just to preserve Robert Williams and his knee. Um, and the funny thing about that is, is Horford's the guy that's like what? 37, 38 years old. And uh, Williams is the young cat there. But Williams has had trouble staying healthy. Horford really hasn't lost a, lost a step, maybe maybe a half step, uh, over the last couple of years. He's still good defender, understands what's going on, very high IQ on the court, um, a good, solid foundation guy to have with with all those Tatums and uh, Jalen Browns and Derek White's running around him. So I think I think that's 
I think that's a smart way to start the season. I would like to see Time Lord be able to stay healthy and and take over that that starting job and really um, showcase his talent because I think, man, if we could get 32 minutes of of Time Lord a night, it would be really fun. But he just hasn't been able to stay healthy and stay out of foul trouble enough to do it. Yeah, I agree. I think they'll go with with Horford and just ease Williams in and give him sort of 22 minutes off the bench because um, they want him for the playoffs. That, that's where they need him. Um, it, so, would I mean, with Horford starting, he may he probably won't play starters minutes necessarily. He might be 26 minutes. He is he someone you would target in drafts at all? He he wasn't. He wasn't great last season, but he wasn't terrible, and, and he does do a bit of everything. So would you consider him or, or happy to grab someone with more upside? Uh, I'm probably not going to mess with Horford this year. I mean, I think in reality he's a good anchor for that team, but in fantasy, I, I just don't I just don't see him. I mean, the age is going to catch up with him at some point, and it's probably going to be this year. Um, the guy that's most intriguing in that whole lineup, though, is Derek White because Marcus Smart's gone. Derek White looked good in the playoffs. Derek White had an incredible February for Boston. Um, played in all 82 games for them last year. Averaged 12 points, four assists, like nothing, nothing mind-blowing. Uh, but I feel like there's going to be a lot of hype building around Derek White this year. I'm a little worried about his shooting percentage. He shot it really well last year. I think he's going to fall back a little bit um, shooting it wise this year. But the opportunity is there. And, man, when he is on and when he's got it cooking, Derek White's really fun. I think there's going to be hype around Derek White this year. I think there's going to be um, fantasy managers are going to feel – the need or the push to want to go draft him a little earlier than they should. I'm not sure he's worth reaching for, but maybe he will be. I, I think Derek White is going to be a, kind of a fun player this year. Yeah, the hype's already started with him. I know in my in the uh, breakout and, and hot take, uh, both those um, roundtable articles that I did, Derek White was featured um, as a potential top 50 player. So I feel like he's going to get hyped up a little bit by by certain analysts, um, and which could lead to him being sort of overvalued a little bit. So he might be going too early in drafts once we get closer to October. Um, but I'd be happy one, to grab him. I think one thing about White is he does not turn the ball over at all. Mm. Like he turned over 1.2 times in 82 games last year. Um, so if you're building a team – that doesn't turn the ball over, then Derek White's value goes kind of goes up quite a bit. It does. Yeah, it does. And and as you said, his percentages, much like Trey Young, are sort of maybe going to be the um, the measuring stick for his overall value because he's been – he was 46% last year. The, the two previous years, he was 42 and 41. Year before that, he was 46. So which is he? Is he 46 or is he 42? Um 46, he's probably a top 70, top 60 player. 42%, he probably drops back to be sort of top top 90. Um, On to Brooklyn. A few questions here as well. I've got uh, Dinwiddie, McCall Bridges, Dorian Finney-Smith, Cam Johnson, Nick Claxton as my starters with 
Ben Simmons, uh, Dennis Smith Jr. and Royce O'Neill as potential starters, other guys that that warrant discussion. Is that starting five uh, who you think they will go with? It is. I can see O'Neill sneak, sneaking in there. Um, yeah. But Cam Johnson feels like he's he's arrived. Um, maybe Dorian Finney-Smith and O'Neal timeshare. I, I'm not sure there. But, man, Mikhail Bridges was really, really fun last season. Really came into his own getting out of Phoenix. Um, Dinwiddie has had a career resurgence. Everybody kind of wrote the nets off last year, but they just kept playing well and and kind of surprising people. I don't know that this team is going to shock the world or anything, but I I think Mikhail Bridges is going to be a guy that a lot of guy a lot of uh, fantasy managers want to try to get on their team. Could you see a world? I I don't think it happens, but could you see them potentially? moving Simmons into the starting lineup, starting him alongside Dinwiddie with Bridges at the three, Johnson at the four, and Claxton at the five. I'm not sure it happens, and, and I'm probably being an optimist because Ben Simmons is Australian potentially. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Could you see that happening? Five years ago, yeah, dude. I'm all in. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. yeah that is absolutely going to happen. Simmons is going to is going to start. He's going to live up to all the hype and it's it's going to be all gravy and rainbows and unicorns and everything else but uh from what i've seen from ben simmons and what we've all seen i i find it hard to believe that any nba team is going to trust that guy um yeah. with the keys at this point but let's say simmons comes comes in and has a great camp he's got a totally revitalized attitude he's completely dialed in He's back to the rookie of the year, all the defense, triple-double capabilities. Um, it's certainly possible, but I wouldn't mm. I wouldn't bet uh, more than a six-pack of Miller Lite on that. I have no idea how much that costs over there, but I'm assuming it's, it's not very much. about five bucks. <laughs> okay, so not much. Not much. Uh, <laughs> And just one guy quickly before we move to the next team, Dennis Smith Jr., um, coming off a pretty good season in in Charlotte last year. Uh, had to deal with some injuries, but when he was on the court, um, great defensively, uh, can get some assists. Should play a role on this team, um, backing up Dinwiddie, backing up, well, Simmons, I suppose, potentially. Um I don't think I'm drafting him, but I would certainly keep him on my watch list just in case of an injury or for streaming purposes. Do you think he sees a, a decent enough role to have some value at times throughout the season? I do. Uh, DSJ is one of those guys where I was high on him for a little bit, and then he went away, and then he somehow came back, and then he was sort of hot, and then he went away, and then he came back. I, he just keeps bouncing in and out of these value trends and, you know, it's only going to take a sprained ankle from Dinwiddie to make Dennis Smith Jr. one of the hottest pickups in fantasy hoops. So uh, I would not rule out me drafting DSJ at the end of one or two of my drafts. Yeah, yeah. I, I think and, and on to his former team here, the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, I've gone with LaMelo Ball, Terry Rozier, Gordon Haywood, Miles Bridges, 
Mark Williams as my starters. Few question marks here as well. Uh, Ball and Rosier, I think they're locked in. Williams is locked in. It's those forward positions that warrant probably a bit of discussion. I've got Brandon Miller, uh, Caleb Martin, pretty sure he's the Charlotte Martin, and PJ Washington, who who hasn't yet re-signed uh, with Charlotte. So I've just put him in there, but we don't actually know where he's going. Do you think Haywood starts for this team? You know, we got we have new ownership. Hayward is old. How old is Hayward? Do you have it pulled up in front of you by chance? Uh, I no, but think I think he's like 33. Um, like I don't know if you ever watched. 33, yes. 33. Oh, man, I nailed it. I don't go. know if you ever yep. watched uh, Straup and I do round ball stew, but, man, he would always – we would always have this game of I would try to guess how old the guy was, and I was u- usually off by about eight years. But I was <sighs> totally dialed in on Gordon Hayward being old. Yep. Also banged up, history of injuries. Uh, I, I think Hayward is starting as long as he's healthy, but who knows how long that'll be. And as soon as Hayward goes down, I think it's Brandon Miller time. Um, the, the fact that Miles Bridges is back probably makes P.J. Washington an afterthought especially when you combine in the promise that we saw from uh, Mark Williams last year, he looked, he looked pretty good. Uh, So I think they're going to let the kids play. I also think you have to be a little bit wary of Terry Rozier because he, he went most of last season without LaMelo ball around. So he was handling the ball most of the time, had the ball in his hands way more than he will this year. Um, Streaky shooter, I'm I'm not I'm not all that high on Rozier going in, but I, I think Hayward um, Hayward could could be a nice little mid round sleeper uh, if he can stay healthy this year. Yeah, Rozier is an interesting one. So he's 29. Uh, just pulled up his numbers. As you said last season, he played he played without uh, Lamelo Ball for the bulk of the season. Um, he ended as the 97th ranked player. Prior to that, the two years before that, he was top 40 in both seasons. Um, and looking at his numbers across the board, they're pretty identical to what he did last season. His assists were up slightly without Lamelo, obviously. But again, he's one of those guys, it's going to come down to percentages. Um, the two years he was top 40, he shot close to 45%. Last year, he was back down near 41%. So potentially with Lamelo back, he doesn't handle the ball as much. But does he get better looks? Does he does his efficiency go back up? And and if so, if the Hornets are going to push for the playoffs, maybe Rosier could be a sneaky guy. He's probably available, sort of in the eighties in a lot of spots, and he could break into the top fifty again if, if things fall his way. Yeah, it's pretty surprising that to me anyway, because I wrote him up for RotoWire. Um, he was third round the year before last. And then last year he was ninth round, even though he averaged what a career high in points and assists last season, his value dropped by six rounds. And it, like you said, it's all tied to percentages. He doesn't block block shots. He he doesn't get a lot of steals. Um, So he's, he's an interesting guy, but I feel much better about getting Rozier in like round six or seven than I do around yeah. three or four. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think. And he'll yeah, be around. He'll be thirty in February, I think. Yeah, that sounds about right. 
Um, so on to the Bulls. Uh, again, few questions here um, outside of a few players that are locked in. I've gone with Javon Carter as the starting point guard, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Patrick Williams, and uh, Nikola Vucevic. And then I've just put down the bottom there, uh, Kobe White, Alex Caruso. Levine, DeRozan, Vucevic, probably Williams, I think are all locked in as four of the starters. It's the point guard spot that uh, we're not sure about. Do you think it's Carter or do you think they go with someone who's been there a little bit longer like uh, Caruso? That's a great question. And before Caruso got hurt, um, he was playing really well and putting up pretty solid fantasy stats across the board. I I think Javon Carter is the starter for them, but it would not surprise me if Caruso ends up in there at some point. Would you draft any of those three, Carter, White, Caruso, in a standard league? Are, are you leaning one over the other, or, or you just sort of leave all of them for someone else? I liked using Carter in FanDuel and DFS lineups um, when Chris Middleton was hurt for the Bucks when he was with the Bucks. Um, but as far as drafting him as a one of my main cogs in a fantasy league, I don't think I could do it. Especially with Levine, DeRozan, <clears throat> Williams should take a step forward this year. You got the Caruso and White thing. Uh, that's a three-headed point guard monster. Any way you slice it up, so um, I don't think I don't think I'm gonna mess. I, I, I mean, I'll do a late round flyer on on Javon Carter, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do anything crazy. No, Cavaliers. Uh... Probably one spot, again, that, that we're not sure of. I've got Darius Garland, Donovan Mitchell as the starting backcourt. I've gone with Max Struess at the three, uh, Evan Mobley and Jarrett Allen, with uh, Levert, Okoro and Niang as my fringe sort of what do we do with these guys. Um, I think the backcourt is set. We know Garland and Mitchell. We know who they are, much like Mobley and Allen. I think Mobley is probably going to be a guy that, people may look at as a breakout star this season. The small forward spot, do you think it's Max Struess's or will they go with Isaac Okoro, who honestly didn't really do much last year as the starting small forward? And I, I don't think you can ruin, rule uh, Karis LeVert out of there either. Yep. Um, yep. You know, LeVert's coming back from huge history of injuries uh, right before – that weird ailment he had where it looked like it could possibly end his career. He looked like a breakout star uh, in the making and, and like he was coming. So I'm not ready to rule Karis LeVert out of anything yet. Um, now, since he's been back and since he's been healthy, he really hasn't done much to turn heads and, and hasn't really got me excited but I'm also not forgetting about him. I would not, I would not be shocked if Levert starts over Struess. He very well could. I think it depends. For me, it's I guess Struess adds that the the perimeter threat. Um, I I don't mind Levert off the bench running as that sort of secondary point guard. Um, he, he's a decent uh, assist guy. But, yeah, I, I'm not sure which way they're going to go. Uh, I don't think it'll be a Coro. For me, I think he's had his time. They've tried him. He, he hasn't done anything. 
Um, Kevin Love I could have had on here as well, but I don't think he's going to feature enough to to warrant sort of any real fantasy attention. So uh, if Struess is starting and they sort of say, okay, Struess, you can go with this. You're getting 30 minutes a night. Is he draftable? I mean, as far as fantasy goes for Struess, I just feel like I'm – I'm not looking at his numbers right now, but I, I just feel like he is a three-point specialist, and that's what he does. But I also feel like he's a way better fit for them than I Okoro was. Um, I, I could see Struess and Levert splitting those minutes right down the middle. Um, and maybe Struess, maybe Struess shocks the world this year, comes out and, and plays really well, has a Tyler Hero type type season, but um, it'll be interesting to watch. I think that's a good training camp battle to watch between Struess and Levert. Yeah, I agree. Uh, On to the Pistons now. and I mean, this team is, God, who knows what they're going to do. Um, I've gone with Jaden Ivey, Kate Cunningham as the backcourt, uh, Asar Thompson, Boyan Bogdanovich, had to think about that, and Jalen Duran as my starters. And then, I mean, they've got a few fringe guys. We don't know what their roles are going to be. Killian Hayes, James Wiseman, Isaiah Stewart, Marvin Bagley. Um, firstly, I guess, do you think they will be the five starters for Detroit? Man, I have no idea. I, like you said, who knows what Detroit is going to do? I think Ivy starting, Cunningham starting. The rest of it is totally up in the air. I mean, James Wiseman, they played him a lot down the stretch mm. last season. And James Wiseman is a former number, what, two, three pick? Uh, uh, was he? Was he one? Was he one? I know. He, I know he was high. Uh, yeah, I have no idea. Uh, pick two. Okay, round one. Pick two. Pick yeah. two. Uh, so you've got him. You've got Beef Stew Stewart, who has also shown flashes of being very good. You got Marvin Bagley who got picked in front of Luca and Trey uh, on that, in that mix. Like there's a lot of untapped potential young talent on that Pistons secondary group. And I, I mean, I just, I don't know. I kind of feel like Jalen Duran is going to be the guy on opening night, but I don't know if he, how long he's going to be in there. Uh, I kind of feel like they like Wiseman and they, I kind of feel like they're going to roll with Wiseman at center. Um, and it's also possible that they go with beef stew or, or Duran at, at power forward. Like they have a lot of options. They have Marvin Bagley also that can play power forward. So I I don't know what's going to happen in Detroit, man. And I don't know how you plan for any of that fantasy-wise. It's tough. Unless they come out and and say this is our starter or give us some indication as to what players' roles are going to look like, it is hard outside of – I think Ivy and Cunningham, I think they're both going to get starters minutes. I don't think we need to worry too much about them. Um, Yeah. But beyond that, I mean, Bogdanovich was pretty good last year, but he was playing without Cunningham. Uh, he's probably someone who's likely to be traded at some point because he doesn't really fit their timeline. Um, 
Thompson, I, I think they just have to give him minutes. I mean, the fact they have a better coach now, that gives me some hope that they will make the right decisions. Um, <laughs> but it is still Detroit. So, yeah, it, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. On to the paces. So we, we chatted about Indiana earlier. Um, a really fun lineup, I think. Um, but a couple of questions again. Halliburton, he'll start undoubtedly. Uh, I've gone with Bruce Brown, Buddy Heald, Obi Toppin and Miles Turner. But we've got Benedict Matherin, Jarris Walker and Isaiah Jackson uh, as names to consider. I mean, Jackson's not going to start. I'm just more curious about what you think his role might be. But do you think they go with Brown as a starter? Uh, does Toppin start over Jarris Walker? Any any thoughts there? I mean, there was a lot of hype around Isaiah Jackson not that long ago. And, and mm. he filled in when guys got hurt. So I, I mean, I don't know that it's a lock that um, Obi Toppin is going to start for them. I feel like he is going to start. I agree with you on that. Uh, I just don't know how locked in he is to that starting job. And is Jalen Smith, Jalen Smith is still there too, right? Yeah. And last year at this time, or a little bit after this time, the Pacers came out and they said, Jalen Smith's going to be our starting power forward. Me and my Roto, Roto World boys got all fired up and we're like, oh, we're on the Jalen Smith bandwagon. Here it comes. Um, but he's still there. So, between Jalen Smith and Jackson and Toppin, I don't know what's going to happen there. I think the Bruce Brown signing is good for the Pacers in re- real life. It's, I think Bruce Brown is going to be a pretty serviceable fantasy player. I don't think you're, you need to reach for him, but it's going to be pretty good. But Benedict Matherin had a really good year last year and mm. is a really good player. And I'm worried about how far back – Bruce Brown is going to set him. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. I think with Brown, he's obviously played primarily as a sixth man throughout his whole career, and he was really good for the Nuggets. Um, and potentially, it makes sense f- from a lot of perspectives to to bring him in as the sixth man and start Benedict Matherin. Um, but they paid Brown a lot of money. So I'm just not sure you're paying a sixth man that much. Um, so it will be interesting. Uh, I'm pretty high on Obi Toppin. I really, I think he could have a really nice season if, if he does the opposite of what Jalen Smith did and he, and he starts at the power forward and actually earns his spot plays well, because Jalen Smith didn't do that and eventually fell out of the rotation. So I think if Toppin can play well, he he's someone that I like late in drafts uh, this season. Yeah, I'm on to Miami. On to Miami. I haven't put Damian Lillard in here because we don't know if he's going to be here. So I've gone with the rosters as they sit at the moment. Um, Kyle Lowry, I've got as the starting point guard, really because they just have no one else at the moment. Um, Tyler Hero, Jimmy Butler, Cody Martin, Bam Adebayo. Something I did consider, I don't know if they do it, but I was looking through their roster, and I know down the stretch last season they were starting Gabe Vincent over Kyle Lowry, bringing Kyle Lowry off the bench, playing him. His minutes were up and down, but 24, 28 minutes, sometimes 30. We know he's old. We know he's injury prone. Do you think 
Josh Richardson could start in there somewhere. Do they start him alongside Hero and Butler? Because both of those guys can handle the ball. Um, I just looked at it and I thought Richardson, he, he can handle the ball as well. He, he's decent um, in terms of assists, a good defender. Do they look to start him or do they go with Lowry? Well, right now ESPN has Tyler Hero as the starting point guard in Miami with Josh Richardson starting at shooting guard. So mm, okay, that right there, I and I don't know that I disagree with that because the last thing I'm doing at this point is starting Kyle Lowry. Um, but like you said, Lillard is probably yeah. on his way to Miami. We don't know when, we don't know how, um, but it feels like it's going to happen. And once that happens, then Tyler Hero starting at point guard goes out the window, obviously. Yeah. But if if Hero and Lowry are there at the start of the season, I'm starting Hero over Lowry. I'm not. I am not messing with Kyle Lowry again this year. He missed all those games. All those games with personal stuff last year. He's like you said. He's old. Um, <laughs> Josh Richardson, though. I mean, I've always been a Josh Richardson guy, and he's never really lived up to the hype. Um, I doubt, I doubt he's going to be a big factor this year. I, I think we just have to pretend that Lillard is in Miami, and then I, then you're looking yeah. at Lillard, Hero, Butler, Martin, and Bam, and then the rest yeah. of it's just an afterthought. Yeah, and I've got yeah Kevin Love here. I don't know why I talked about him in Cleveland. I guess I'm stuck five years ago, um, but obviously <laughs> he's still in Miami. But not a fantasy guy. I threw in Orlando Robinson here. Um, he was good in summer league. I think he's flashed. Uh, I think it doesn't really warrant much discussion. I don't think he's someone we're drafting. But I would just keep an eye on him if Bam gets injured throughout the season, if if Robinson does establish himself as the backup centre. Uh, I think he has a really nice fantasy game. So really just just someone to keep an eye on. Well, I um, think Martin, uh, Caleb Martin, is worth keeping an eye on and, and might be worth a late-round flyer in fantasy, fantasy drafts because – we know Jimmy Butler is going to miss time. We know he's going to miss games. We know Kevin Love is going to miss games. We know Kyle Lowry is going to miss games. And Caleb Martin last year was sort of a glue guy that held that team together for long stretches when when they were missing players. So I think Martin is is worth a look late in drafts. Mm. Yep. Yeah. No. He, he could very well be. Uh, On to the Bucks now. Uh... I think this lineup is pretty set. Uh, Drew Holiday, Grayson Allen, Chris Middleton, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Brooke Lopez. Uh, the only sort of guy I considered putting in here was putting in Malik Beasley uh, instead of Grayson Allen. But I think they're going to want Beasley off the bench to provide them with some scoring. Um, I just feel like in the starting lineup, he'd be a little bit wasted because they've got Giannis, they've got Chris Middleton, They've got Drew Holiday. They can all score, uh, whereas their bench, they don't really have any sort of volume scorers. So I like Beasley there. Do you think this is who they go with um, on opening night, assuming they're all healthy? Yep. That looks like the right lineup. I think Middleton has a bounce back. I think Lopez probably falls a little bit. He, he can't keep doing this forever. Um, the rest of it, I'm, I'm, I, it looks looks good to me. Nice and easy with the Bucks onto the Knicks. 
A few more discussion points here. I've gone Jalen Brunson, Quinton Grimes, Josh Hart, Julius Randle, Mitchell Robinson. But I think you could probably make a case for three of these next four guys to start. Uh, Emmanuel Quickly, Dante DiVincenzo, RJ Barrett, Isaiah Hartenstein. I think outside of Brunson, Randall, Robinson, they're, they're set as the starters. But you could play DiVincenzo at the two. You could play Quickly at the two. Barrett at the three. Uh, Hart at the two with, with Barrett. I, I, I'm not sure what they're going to do here. Um, any any thoughts on whether you think I might have this wrong and they might start one of these other guys? It feels weird to me to not see R.J. Barrett in that starting lineup. Mm. I don't know exactly. Um, does he start over Quentin Grimes? Does Josh Hart come off the bench? You know Randall's going to be out there. Um, I could see R.J. Barrett starting over Quentin Grimes. Um, does it matter who starts there? Maybe. And, and even when... Even when R.J. Barrett is playing really well, he's still kind of a fantasy liability, right? Like, he's one of those guys where he'll go out and score 25. You're like, oh, man, I need to go pick him up. And then you look at it and you're like, I can't really tell. this. Does he help my team or does he hurt my team? I, I can't even really figure it out. Um, but I could see R.J. Barrett starting over Grimes, at least to start the season. Maybe... Maybe that changes once they're into it a little bit, but I wouldn't be surprised if Barrett started. Yeah, I think he very that could be the case, certainly. Um, I could see Hart coming off the bench as well. Like He's a little bit like a Bruce Brown kind of guy that you could just plug in anywhere um, as, a, as a sixth man to fill a number of spots. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not 100% on this starting lineup for the Knicks. Um, yeah, a little bit of movement that could happen, uh, much like Orlando. Um, <laughs> I've gone with Fultz, Gary Harris, Franz Wagner, Paolo Banquero, and Wendell Carter as my starters. But then they've got a range of other guys there. They're quite deep now. Anthony Black, Jalen Suggs, Cole Anthony, Jonathan Isaac, Joe Ingles. Um, probably the obvious sort of question there is, does Harris start or does Suggs start? I think they go with Harris, uh probably just because of his floor spacing. Um, Suggs is not there yet as a shooter and, and Fultz is not a shooter. So I think they will look to to get some floor spacing and Harris sort of gives them a nice veteran piece in that starting lineup. Do you think he starts or do you think they'll go with one of these younger options? Well, it is Orlando, so anything is possible. Uh, I think we're all kind of excited to see Fultz uh Gary Harris man I I I don't understand I don't really know what the point is of running him out there when you have all these young kids that need to play mm. so I kind of feel like Harris won't be in there but I'm not really sure who will be instead there's a lot of names in that lower half that mm. certainly work there I think Suggs is probably their long-term guy. I think that's who they view, hopefully, as their as the starter alongside Fultz. But he's just he's been a bit inefficient to this point. He, he's a good defender. Um, he, he's shown that. Um, 
Jonathan Isaac, we know his history. We know everything with the injuries and played 11 games last season. Are you taking him in fantasy? Like he's <laughs> supposedly healthy, ready to go. Um, he flashed last season, but he, he his minutes were so limited that it's hard to take a lot away from what he did. But would you consider him just last round, he's sitting there, I'm going to grab him and see if he's getting 20, 22 minutes a night, then we know what he can do when he's on the court. Yeah, I think we've all been suckered by Jonathan Isaac in the past. And like, ooh, I'm going to take a last round flyer on him and see what <laughs> happens. I'm going to stash him and wait. And we've been waiting for four years. So yeah. I, yes, this year, now that he is actually healthy and we've actually seen him play in some basketball games, there is a little hope, a little light at the end of the tunnel. Um, I could see myself possibly... No, I'm not messing with Jonathan Isaac, man. <laughs> Paolo Bancaro's there. Wendell Carr Jr.'s there. I'm not. I'm not doing it. I'm. I'm done. Okay. All right. So it's a no on Jonathan Isaac. Nope. It's over. No. By the uh, way, RJ this... Barrett last year. I just had to look it up. Yeah. 25th round fantasy value. Played 73 games. Scored almost 20 points a game. But he just does nothing else besides score. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, Grimes, you you may have that one right. Yeah, I think Barrett. Yeah, yeah I mean, he's still only twenty three, so he's he's still young. But I mean, how long do you say someone is young? He's been in the league for four years now. Um, he came in in the Zion draft, so he's been around for a while. And it's I don't know, it's. How much more time do you give him before you just say this is who he is and he can just be a scorer like a Harrison Barnes or someone like that? So, yeah, we'll we'll see. Seventy uh, sixes now, and, and I've included James Harden because he he is still technically in Philadelphia, but chances are he won't be. Um, but I've gone with Harden, Maxi, Tobias Harris, PJ Tucker, Joel Embiid. So basically, the same starting lineup they had last season. Um, Mel D'Anthony Melton, he was good last season. He got some good opportunity with injuries to Harden and Maxi. Pat Beverly is there now. Um, not sure where he fits. I think until we know where Harden goes, uh, you're not drafting him, obviously, but um, can have some streaming value. Paul Reed is the guy I probably want to talk about there. Montres Harrell re-signed and then blew out his knee, so he's out for the year. If Paul Reed plays purely as the backup behind Joel Embiid. He's obviously not going to get a ton of minutes, but if he can get 16 to 18 minutes, do you think he's someone to – I don't think you'd draft him in standard leagues, but slightly deeper leagues, would you consider him? I'm intrigued by Paul Reed, just like I am every other year, but I'm probably not drafting him. The guy the guy I like out of that bottom bunch is DeAnthony Melton. I think yeah. Melton's got a chance to, to really be special. Um He's a fantasy stat stuffer across the board, way more so than than those other two guys. I think Reed is intriguing; like he's worth a look. Um, man, there, there's just not a lot to love about that Philly lineup, man. Uh, no. I love Maxi, but Tobias Harris is getting old. He's misses a lot of layups, does some weird things around the glass. P.J. Tucker would rather uh, eat popcorn with a kid in the front row than shoot the ball. Uh, 
Reed Reed has shown some flashes, but he's never really stepped up. You got Pat Beverly, everybody's favorite player to hate unless he's on your team. What a weird, what a weird stack they've got going in Philly. It is. And they've got Mo Bumba as well now. So I mean, throw him into the mix somewhere. I don't know. I don't know where he fits at all, if he plays at all. Um, so, yeah, look, I think we wait, need to really wait on Philly to see what happens with the Harden deal because if he's moved, who knows who they bring back. Um, so, yeah, hard, hard to know a lot about Philly. Uh, on to the Raptors now. Um, yeah, another little question here. I've gone with Dennis Schroeder as the starting point guard with Ananobi, Scotty Barnes. Uh, Pascal Siakam and Jakob Pertl. And then some other guys I threw in there, uh, Gary Trent, Grady Dick, uh, Otto Porter Jr. and Chris Boucher. I don't know. I think four of those guys start definitely, assuming Siakam is still in Toronto. We're still hearing trade rumours uh, about him potentially moving on. But at the moment, I think those four all start. It's it's the, that point guard position. Do they start Dennis Schroeder or do they just run through Scotty Barnes and uh, and bring Gary Trent into the starting lineup. Um, what do you think they're going to do? Oh, man, that's that's a good question. I mean, I would like to see Scotty Barnes get it. Dennis Schroeder reminds me of the player we were talking about earlier, Dennis Smith Jr. Like, oh, Dennis Schroeder's here and he's starting. Oh, he just got traded and now it, we're never going to hear from him again. Oh, wait. Now Dennis Schroeder's starting and he's effective. Like I, who knows what Schroeder's going to do? Um, I would rather see them just give the ball to Scotty Barnes and be done with it. Um, feels to me like Gary Trent should be starting. I just don't know exactly how that happens. But he's also he'd be a, a really effective uh, sixth man, you know. And then also yeah. just just for the fun of it, uh, Chris ba- Chris Boucher going to be 31 years old in january so congratulations raptors for wasting his entire career <laughs> yeah I, I just put him there because he's one of those guys that people talk about every oh, he's year my guy. I, I, minutes. yeah it's my guy but yeah. he's 31 it's it's over like they they did it you finally <laughs> did it mission accomplished <laughs> uh <laughs> All right, the last team, and probably the one that uh, has, well, a new-looking roster in a lot of respects. Tyus Jones, Jordan Poole, Denny Avdiar, Kyle Kuzma, Dan Gafford uh, are the starters I've gone with there. And I think that's who they go with. Uh, And then I've just put DeLon Wright, Corey Kispert, and Danilo Gallinari um, down the bottom there. We know, like, Paul is being hyped already, top 50 kind of guy, potentially. Tyus Jones finally starting top 80, potentially. Denny Avdia, I, I like him this season as a late, later-round guy. W- would you agree on that? Yeah, and there's people hyping up Denny Avdija already. You see it on Twitter. Mm. Some of you and our friends and our colleagues <laughs> uh, are hyping up Denny Avdija I've been a Denny guy for three years, so I, I get it. Um, Kyle Kuzma's a good player. Gafford, great shot blocker, solid center. Um, Kispert, I think, is very interesting on that team. Uh, but, yeah, between Tyus Jones, Poole, Avdija, 
there's going to be a lot of hype train. There's going to be yeah. like Washington's going to be one of those teams where their players are going to be on a lot of fantasy teams and their record is going to be terrible. Yeah, I think you could almost say that the entire starting five are hype guys. I, I think they're all guys that people are going to be talking about. Um, Kuzma's probably the one there that potentially doesn't fall into that bucket, but you could also say that without Porzingis and without Beal, he's going to take on more of a scoring role. So, um, Which he, and which he find- is, and we saw we saw how good Cal <clears throat> Kuzma was two years ago. Like He, he kind of balled out. Yeah. Yep. No, he, he, he certainly proved a lot of people wrong, I think, since he arrived in Washington. DeLon Wright last season was a bit of a, a surprise to many. Um, he played good minutes, uh, did did struggle with a bit of an injury there, but um, he led, I don't think he led the league in steals, but he was certainly top five in the league in steals. Do you think there's still a role for him here somewhere that, that warrants fantasy attention? The Delon Wright, yeah, that's who you're asking. Um, you know, I didn't really get on board with him last year. I kind of ignored it. Maybe that was an error on my part, but I, I just couldn't believe it was happening. I don't have a lot of faith in Delon Wright, even in Washington. But I mean, there's there, there's going to be opportunity there for him. So. I'm I'm probably not drafting him, but I will I will put him on my watch list. Yeah, I don't think we're drafting him, but just if you, if you do need steals, um, if he's playing twenty minutes a night, he could get you one point four, one point five steals quite easily. So, someone to just tuck away there um, for an emergency. Yeah, that brings us to the end then of all the Eastern Conference uh, starting lineups or possible starting lineups. We'll move on to the Western Conference. Next week, um, beyond that, I don't know what we're going to talk about, but we'll, we'll find something. Um, you know, we so keep that would... talking about, we keep talking about, well, the season's still two months away, but, you know, after two weeks, it's going to be six weeks away. And then after those two weeks, it's going to be a month away. And by then, drafts are going to be happening. We're going we're gonna to have probably more to talk about than we, we even can think of. Well, I think so. And, I mean, the Lillard, Harden trades, Siakam potentially, they're going to happen maybe. It could happen any day in the next yeah. six weeks. They could happen. That might give us something to talk about. But, um, oh, look, we'll, we'll find stuff. There's, there's always – It's going to be here people. before we know it. It will. Um, so, any – yeah, look, I'll, I'm going to let you go because it's late there. I'm going to go and have lunch. Any final thoughts uh, on those starting lineups? Any – Anything you want to point out that we might have missed? Uh, no, bring on the bring on the Washington Wizards guards. Like let let's let's do that. I'm yeah. ready. I'm going to draft yeah. Tyus Jones a lot. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see how high he gets hyped. Um, if you're doing drafts now, it's it's a it's a good time to get some of these guys because in in six weeks, four weeks time, they could have jumped up a round or two in terms of ADP. So. Yep. That will do it uh, for today's show. Uh, remember, you can check out all of our content at fbibasketball.com. Uh, we're still running out draft-only leagues. I think B-Dub's still doing those. We've got our roundtable article coming out every week. Uh, you can follow us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. We would love it uh, if you could give us a thumbs up. Subscribe to our channel. We're slowly building the numbers. Um, 
heading into the next season would be good if we can get to a thousand. That'd be a good number. Um, but until next time, catch up. You just listened to another episode from the Fantasy Basketball International Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us. And for more information about joining our community, please check out our website at fbibasketball.com.